This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to The Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your buddy Mike Fedick here with The Life of a Networker. And today, I'm extremely excited. And I'm excited because, of course, I got up today. I'm alive. I'm walking. I'm breathing. And outside is beautiful. The flowers are blooming because I'm living here in Mexico. So there really is no winter. I know there's some folks right now as it's uh, approaching the uh, Thanksgiving holidays here soon that are cold and uh, I'm sitting here in beautiful weather. So that's a lot of reasons to be excited, to be happy and grateful. But I'm more excited about having a special guest uh, in the studio with us today, Mrs. Kim Melia. And Kim Melia is a, a unique guest. She's a little different than the other guests uh, that you've uh, heard on our shows before because she is my lady. So I'm going to really get into some deep, heavy questions because I know everything about her and I want it to, uh, to all come out so you can know everything. I mean, literally from her shoe size to uh, ring size to her length of her hair. No, I'm just kidding, right? But let's have some fun today. Kim, welcome. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me as your guest. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get on the show. Yeah, you know, I put the list of the top 10 down and and um, I was getting down to number nine and 10 <laughs> and decided to, to see if I could get you added. And you, you met the qualifications. Uh, you've earned over $8 million. So that definitely met the qualifications in your career. Uh, you've helped dozens of people make six figures on your team. You've built a great culture. So Yes, you definitely made the list. Congratulations. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, good stuff. So, you know, for the listeners out there today, you know, we've got folks that are that are brand new, just got in the industry, uh, maybe last week, maybe they're, you know, literally that fresh. And then we've got folks that have been in for 20, 30 years, probably some people listening that have been in the industry longer than I've been alive. And I respect them so much. I know you do too, because of the, the footprint and the legacy that they uh, have paved uh, a pathway for, for people like you and myself and, and many others. So Kim, share a little bit of your story. Where do you come from? Who are you? Do you have family anywhere? Give us the whole uh, Dun & Bradstreet of uh, who Kim Melia is. Okay. Well, I am Kim Melia and I'm originally from Canada. And I lived most of my life there until I was 28. Then I got up and moved to San Diego uh, for pretty much 17 years. I did spend a couple of years in Wilmington and then two years now in Mexico. But I used to work for the Bank of Montreal as a customer service rep, as was really my last job. And I hated it. I thought it was going to be really cool to get out of high school and get a good job and a paycheck and a boss and work in corporate until I worked there and I swear it only took me a week to realize what the heck was I thinking? Now <laughs> I hated school and I hated this job. So I was like, what the heck am I going to do? So I knew I wanted to be my own boss because Mike, I actually um, dabbled in some modeling and different things. So, <laughs> so I was, I, I could understand where you can make a lot more money in a shorter period of time, but I wasn't really into the whole modeling thing. Cause honestly, it's not the best thing for your self-esteem but it was good for money. But I understood then that I could be an entrepreneur. 
Now, I only have a high school diploma. I don't have any secondary education or anything similar to you, uh, but I have a burning desire. I had a burning desire to change my family's legacy and to and really to become a millionaire um, to earn, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars. But I had no idea what I'd be able to do. I have very supportive parents. I have supportive um, siblings. I would say one brother's my um, cheerleader brother and the other one is really the brother that pushed me. Um, to be successful because he didn't really believe that our family could be. So I am grateful for him uh, because he he made me, I think, into the person that I am today because he challenged me. Um, so that's a little bit about my Dunham Bradstreet, but I joined um, really network marketing when I was 23 years old. I dabbled in uh, a company. Well, when I say dabble, I, I was brand new, spanking new. I didn't know what the heck I was doing with a company called the People's Network, which was personal development on um, satellite. And so what was really cool about that um, was I learned a lot of personal development. I got into the personal development industry uh, and then I joined the company that I'm with now. So it's pretty cool that um, that I've been with this company now for well over 21 years. Wow! So I'm kind of showing my age, I think, but, um, but I'm, well, you I'm very- got started when you were six, I think you said, or six <laughs> or seven. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, but listen, I'm still excited about what we do today. I'm still excited about helping others. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed that I've been able to really turn my dreams and goals that I had at the very beginning when I started in this industry into reality and then to help others do the same. I get off on he- helping people come back at home, make six figures and heck not even just make six, six figures, Mike. I mean, if somebody's making an extra $500 a month and that's helping their family, that's just as exciting as somebody making six figures because they're home and they're happy and um, you know, all that kind of great stuff. Absolutely. Well, I could not agree with you more. You know, I, I, I think about uh, the statistic and I don't want to throw the numbers out because they've changed over the years, but uh, it's a very high percentage of people that if they just had $500 a month more coming into their household, they wouldn't file for bankruptcy. They wouldn't file for divorce. Divorce is the number, I mean, financial reasons is the number one cause for divorce. And it's, it's so sad because there is so many opportunities within our industry, whether it's health and wellness, whether it's a service product, whether it's travel, whether it's educating yourself financially, there's so many different avenues that I think that people just need to know about. And, and that just really is where it comes down to in our industry, why so many people become successful is they just get passionate about sharing uh, their information about their company and their services or their products. And so, Kim, one thing you had mentioned is you had a cheerleader brother and you had a brother who was, I mean, just to be honest, he just wasn't your cheerleader brother. Like you said, he was your he was your reason why, like he motivated you, but it, but in a negative way that turned to positive. And it could have just been negative and stayed negative, but you made it a positive. Share the story of, of, of one situation um, that, uh, that happened with your brother uh, with the food stamps. Okay. Well, this goes back to when I was, uh, my parents had split up um, and I ended up moving in with my mom and then I became a little bit of a rebel. So she moved me far away from my existing friends. But as you know, I found the same kind of friends (laughs) when I moved, but I lived away from my brother, Bob. I call him my reason why um, brother, Bob. And so he came to visit. And he won't be listening to any kind of (laughs) personal development podcast or anything. So it's okay to use his name. Okay. He knows this now. I tell him, I thank him, honestly, but I, um, but I, I was uh, 13, maybe, maybe I was 14 and um, my mom had back surgery back then. When you have back surgery, you are laid down on the floor for, or on the ground for a month or two afterwards. So I pretty much had to take care of the household bills and figure out how to, you know, do all this stuff. Well, my mom was out of work. So we ended up being on welfare and food stamps. 
Um, and I wasn't embarrassed of it because of my mom, I mean, my parents, you know, helped me through my whole years. And then, then just a divorce happened. And this is what happens. My mom ends up getting back surgery. So long story short, we didn't have any money. My brother came to visit and he basically looked through the cupboards. And as you can imagine, there wasn't much in our cupboards. And he said, I'm hungry. I want some food. And, you know, and I said, well, I actually have to go get um, the welfare check. And then I have to go get the food stamps to go get the groceries to be able to come back and eat. And he said, okay, well, you definitely look like you're the one on food stamps, not me. So you go get it. We said a few choice words to each other. I remember that like it was yesterday. And there was other things that were said and things that were done. Um, and it was really embarrassing. And it was really humbling at the same time. And I remember drawing my line in the sand at that point, even though I didn't realize that's what it was. And I said, I will never let anybody, especially my family, make me feel this way ever again. And I will never, ever put my mom in a, in a situation like this. Wow. I mean, it's just such a powerful story. I mean, as many times as, as I have heard it, um, every time you share it, 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 it almost gives me the goosebumps because I, I know, I know what you mean. You know, it's, it's, there's so many listeners out there right now that, that maybe you are, are dealing with someone that's a family member or a close friend or relative or, or someone you work with who is your Bob for Kim, you know, someone who is negative to you or, you know, the famous one is that, that you're in a pyramid scheme. And, and I want each of you to know that are listening to this to always stand your ground. Always stand strong when someone throws that at you um, and let them know and always ask, what do they mean? Always fair enough to just say, what do you mean by that? And they're going to say the famous thing, right? Uh, the people at the top make all the money. And jokingly, I used to always say, well, damn, I better get to the top then because I'd like to make all the money. So just know that you are in a great industry. And people like Kim, uh, 22 years now, have been representing this industry and standing strong because they know they do good, not just good for themselves, but for their family. So Kim, let's... Um, let me just say something about that. Yeah, sure. Just, you know, the biggest thing is, is let, um, let people who say things like that to you, it could be a teacher, could be your parent, it could be a brother, it could be a, you know, a, a friend or whatever, your past experiences or the things that people have said about you, let it fuel you, right, to be successful, not yeah. drain you and rob you of your dreams. Let it be your reason to be successful, not your excuse. It's so important that people really hear that loud and clear. I agree with you 100. percent And uh, you know, I'll, I'll share. We have a good friend, Brian Carruthers. Many of you may know Brian. He's got some great books out there for the whole industry. But you know, I, Brian always shares that story about uh, his brother uh, had a Ferrari or loved this Ferrari, this car. And um, and so when Brian got into the industry, his brother and his father laughed at him and really just, I mean, really broke his heart. We're almost mad at him for doing it. And long story short. Brian just always remembered his brother loved that car. And so what happened when Brian started making money, he went and purchased that car. And on Thanksgiving, he had it in the driveway and his brother pulled up and he came inside and he's like, oh my gosh, who's Ferrari? Who's Ferrari? And, and Brian said, it's mine. He goes, oh, can I take it for a test drive? And Brian said a few cho choice words, but basically it was no, uh, kiss my ass kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. And so I think of you now um, with, with all of your success and now, you know, could go back to your brother and, and say those kind of things or do oh, those kind of I've things. Oh, I've done a few. And so, you know, but, but, you, but you hold a higher road now, right? Because you know where you are and, and you can only wish the best upon everybody. So thank you for sharing that story. Let's transition a little bit because I know when you got involved in your company, um, you, you had tremendous success right away. 
But what people don't realize is that first month, or really not that first month, because there's a transition, we won't get into the details, but basically your first real full month that was active in Canada that you were open, you earned over $5,000. Now, for some people, they say, oh, well, how did she do that? Her very first month, I didn't even make a dollar. But it wasn't that first month. It was your previous company and months and months of preparing before Canada, Canada got open that prepared you for that moment. So it wasn't overnight, although it looked like it. But talk about that just, you know, and for those that are listening, Kim had to wait nine months before her company opened in Canada. They thought they'd be open like the next week when she got back home from convention, but that wasn't the case. And so she had to wait nine months. And so share a little bit about that story, because most people quit, Kim, when their state or their country is open. <laughs> you know, they quit already. They're like, ah, oh, this didn't work. You grinded it for nine months. And tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it was an interesting journey. And I'll tell you, it's probably some of my favorite times inside of my journey, those nine months. So like, um, you know, Mike said, he thought that, you know, I, we thought that we'd be open in a week or two or a month, but of course, legal things happen. Um, and really, you know, with it is that I had a burning desire to be successful I didn't want to go back to corporate. I didn't want to have any rinky dink job. I didn't want to have a business that I had to be at nine to five or nine to 10 o'clock at night either. And, and the, the reality is, is that I knew that all I really had to do was be with a company that I believed in the mission and I believed in the services or the product, right? And if, if I could stand behind that, and if I saw other people that were similar to me with a similar backgrounds and they were successful, I damn, why couldn't I be successful? Like, honestly, why wouldn't I? And so I just went with that attitude, even though I did, I did lack belief in myself a lot, but I, you know, I relied upon my mentors to help me out with that, with personal development, but I just went for it. I mean, what did I have to lose? First of all, I did lose friends. I did lose some family members. I did lose people who thought that I was crazy for joining a, you know, an industry that they didn't believe in or that they had tried or whatever. But I will tell you that I worked nonstop in my brain. Now I didn't work nonstop calling people nine hours a day. I mean, you can't call people nine hours a day forever. You can maybe do it for a short period of time. Right. But the reality is I just wrote my list down. And then I went and got referrals and I, and I, and I got more referrals and I wrote more people down and I met more people. And I really just talked to everybody everywhere all the time. And, um, it was, it was challenging because we weren't open yet. So I will say that I lost more people than I had more people when we, when we actually got started because they thought, Kim, like I thought you said it was going to get started. And, and the, the truth is I just saw people that were already successful in other states and I knew that this would work for me if I worked it. So it's really belief in the company, belief in the industry, belief in yourself, and then doing the activity. You've got to do the activity. So I wanted to do the activity. I made sure that I was making my exposures every day. I made sure I was following up. I made sure I was using third party. I made sure I was doing three-way calling. I made sure I was getting trained by the people who I wanted their lifestyle. You know what I mean? I really, I really did. So, um, you know, that's what, that's what I think of is the biggest thing for me is just, I didn't have, uh, I didn't make any excuses. I just went to work. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Didn't make excuses. I just went to work and, and really that's what it's about. I mean, but isn't it true, Kim, that it's really about that and everything in life, right? Whether it's working out, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's um, just anything in your career, it's, it's, there's excuses and then there's just go do it 
right? And, and you can't ever mix them both together because they just don't flow, right? It's like water and, and oil and gasoline or water and gasoline, and they just don't vibe good together. Um, let's transition again and talk a little bit about, you know, now, right? Life now, because 22 years later, um, you are, I would say, just from knowing you for, for, for a lot of that time, uh, 16 years now we go back, um, is, is I just truly see you living your best life now. You know, I see that you, you moved to Mexico, you brought your dad to Mexico now, your mom to Mexico and Catherine. And, and so you're, you're really just at a place where I call it the bubble, right? The bubble of your life, the things that mean the most to you are pretty much here with you, you know, and, and I know that you enjoy good weather and stuff. So talk about just a little bit of, of having that, that, that freedom basically would be the subject is, is the freedom to be able to do those things uh, with mom, with dad, health challenges, all that kind of stuff. Well, that was one of the things that I wrote down as my why. I knew that I would be the child to help my parents in their elder years because they didn't pick careers or that they would have a good retirement. Um, and they they put you know food on the table and shelter over my heads and did the things that I was necessary to grow up. And I always I always believe the payback, you know, and I want them to have a lifestyle that they love at their their end of their years. So I always thought about that. That was one of my driving factors. And I should have said that before. Your reason why is going to drive you, and your reason why will will develop over time and enhance over time as you are in your industry and in your company. And so it is, it's a bubble now, Mike. It's, it, it's amazing. My mom's actually the one that found this beautiful place in Mexico that we moved to. And we moved here because she had health challenges and, um, and we love it now. And we don't want to go anywhere else right now at this point. And then we moved my dad here because it just is a better retirement for him and him as his wife, Catherine. And it's really nice to be able to be with them. I mean, you know, my, mom lives in the casita. Dad lives a couple miles away. We get to have lunch when we want to. We get to go in the hot tub when we want to. We get to spend this quality time with them. And plus to be able to help them for alternative health uh, issues that they have, medicines and stuff like that, uh, where we live um, is a reason why we moved here too. So it's just all amazing. My lifestyle is amazing right now. I'm very grateful that I chose this when I was in my 20s because I look at my my company and, and I hope you do too. It's an it's a vehicle to do the things that you want to do. You know what I mean? Like I didn't choose the bank because it was a wrong vehicle. I didn't choose modeling because it was the wrong vehicle. I wanted to have freedom, time freedom. I wanted to have, you know, less, less, uh, less things to be worried about in my life. And so I found that this is the, the industry is the one that I wanted. And I find that sometimes people say, well, I don't want to market this, or I don't want whatever industry, whatever, you know, you sell, you market as a service or, or a supplement or whatever you have. Well, I didn't really think I'd wake up and want to, you know, market vitamins or, or go sell this or do this. And I said, well, I didn't either, but here's what I did. I woke up knowing that I want to have a lifestyle that I, that, that so many can have if they make the right choice with the right company and that there's residual income, right? That means there's money that still comes and flows in after the years that you've put into it. Uh, and I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to be in the insurance industry selling life insurance or anything like that. Um, at least that wasn't attractive to me at the time. So, so I believe that this is one of the best ways to achieve residual income, which ultimately gives you so much. I mean, I was able to, I was, I took yoga to, uh, I am a yoga instructor, not because I, I had to, but because I wanted to. And I taught for many, many years uh, because I had the luxury of the time freedom to do that. And I didn't even have to take the money. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of great things when you choose the right vehicle. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and, and you said it best, right? It's, it's the vehicle, right? It's the vehicle that 
on a small note that each of you probably take to get to your job every day, right? Or to get to, you know, the grocery store, wherever. That's the actual car that you get inside and it gets you from A to B and back home. And what Kim's talking about is just the overall vehicle as far as finding truly your passion, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's again, what Kim said is in the beginning, it wasn't her passion, you know, with the services that she markets, she didn't wake up one day and get excited about dreaming about being able to market that service. But once she got to use that service and she saw people use the service, she quickly realized that, wow, this is much bigger than me. And, and that's the vehicle that, that got her there. So great points, Kim, appreciate you sharing that. You know, let's uh, talk a little bit now about uh, something that you've been able to do, and along with your business partners, uh, Mike and Steve, who are just awesome individuals, both of them had uh, such an impact on my career, a uh, huge impact on your career, so many more, and uh, we're, we're, we'll always be grateful for both of them. But one of your partners, Mike, had a, had a unique situation where I know he was on an airplane a handful of years ago, probably now almost 10 years ago, and you can clarify the dates. But but uh, long story short, uh, Stuartis had, had some bracelets on his arms. Mike asked what they were for. The gentleman said he supported an orphanage in Guatemala. Mike said, is it real? The guy said, oh, it's for real. And he goes, well, here's $1,000. Now, how cool is that for your partner, Mike, to really stroke a check for a thousand bucks? Like, I mean, listen, I'm a pretty given person and, and I just thought, you know, wow, thousand dollars. It makes my, my, um, my vision of giving bigger now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do that, that, that ripple effect there. But Mike gave the guy a thousand dollars and in return, the guy was going to send some pictures and he quickly did of shoes and clothes and kids and stuff. And, and I know that, that that was a big deal because that told Mike, it was real enough that he then brought it to you. And what you and, and Steve at the time were looking for was really to support an orphanage that you knew where the money went, right? Uh, because you guys were doing a lot of different programs in your town. And I'm just saving you from having to share all this. But, but ideally, what you were looking for is I want to donate $100 and I want the $100 to go towards the kids. And it just wasn't happening with the bigger group. So talk a little bit about now that the folks know that, that it's an orphanage. It was, it, was, it was set up by the story of Mike. But now, you know, where that is today, what you're doing with it, uh, because really it's remarkable. Well, thank you. And it's pretty rewarding. And you were just talking about your purpose and passion. So I didn't really have a purpose or passion when I joined this industry. I mean, I didn't know what it really was. Honestly, I just didn't know. But what I found was through this industry and through my company, I found my purpose and passion. And that was serving others, other children in need, whether they were battered, abused, abused, um, whatever it is, um, you know, it just is near and dear to my heart. So, so we actually, you know, uh, started, it was 10 years ago. So you pretty much have the date, right? 2010, we started to support a boys orphanage in Guatemala. And yes, my partner, Mike is amazing. He gives, he's such a giver. He has taught me that because I was more of the scarcity mentality because I come from that. I mean, I shouldn't say that really, but you know what I mean? And he comes from more of the abundance and I learned about abundance versus scarcity. So anyways, he's like that. He's such a giver. Uh, and so we went to the orphanage. So when Mike did that, we got pictures back to show. And then my partner, uh, Steve and I actually flew on a plane and went to Guatemala to say, well, what, what if the pictures were just fake? You could get them anywhere. Stock, sure. photo stock, right? But no, we met the boys, we met the owners, we developed a serious, awesome relationship. We're like family now because it's been 10 years, but we developed a friendship with them. And over three years, we kept on going back to the boys orphanage. And I've been going back at least three times, if not four times a year with people about every three, four months. And then we decided to ask them, what else do they need? Now we purchased them a van and we purchased them a bunch of things and renovated. They said, we would love to have a girl's school. So when the boys come here and they have sisters, they will be not a girl's school, a girl's orphanage, but they would be close to their brothers. So not only did they 
lose their parents or whoever they were with, they don't have to lose their brother or sister. We said, absolutely. We built the orphanage. We got enough money for it. It was actually pretty cool. It was actually when um, the mortgage industry, well, we took a tank, you know, everybody took a tank. Uh, what was it? Seven years ago. Um, and uh, people told me that they, that we wouldn't be able to raise, you know, $20,000 or I'm sorry, $50,000. Do not tell Kim that she can't do something. Cause that's just going to fuel her. <laughs> it did. FYI. <laughs> so they told us that we probably couldn't do it because people wouldn't want to support kids in Guatemala. They have to support their own families, which I understand. Um, we want to definitely support local and we want to support communities, but we also want to think globally. And I always say our heart or my heart has no borders. And so we have been going on now. We built a girls' orphanage, Mike. We've had it now for seven years in May. It'll be our eighth anniversary. We also support um, Hope Academy, which is a girls' school that another nonprofit built just about two years ago. And now we're helping another nonprofit beside our orphanages build a trade school, which is truly important. And we continue to just to you know do playgrounds and renovations, but we support the girls' orphanage on a monthly basis. We pay for all the psychologists, all the teachers, the water, the electricity the basic things that these kids need on a monthly basis. And so it's really rewarding. Um, I'm very excited about it. But at the same time, I know that um, it was really near and dear to my heart that the money went to the kids. And that was the reason why we really did it. We want to be connected. But now we realize that if, if you're in charge of it, then you know exactly where it goes. And so it's been a it's been a huge blessing in my life. It's a huge responsibility, I will say, but I'm certainly happy about it. And I can't wait to see the kids. This will be the first time because of our COVID days that I haven't seen the kids in nine months and no other visitors have come. So I get to see them in two weeks and uh, it, it just tickles me pink and I'm bringing my dad with me for the very first time. He's 74 years old. My mom's been a huge part of it. She's actually lived in Guatemala for over a year and a half and went to the orphanage all the time. So, so my family's very supportive of it, but truly if it wasn't for this industry and if it wasn't for my business partner, Mike, and if it wasn't for us thinking more abundantly, this orphanage would have never been built. Awesome. Well, I tell you, I've been there a few times and, and it is remarkable. It's just, it's just, it's so amazing to think though, you know, I, I, I don't know why my, my, my little bit of my older years that I'm uh, now approaching, I just start dissecting things different. And, you know, some of the things that I, I look back at are just the ripple effects, right? Like, holy cow, that moment on the airplane where Mike did that, you know, not even him did he know what, what that would look like, right? And, and the, the amount of kids that have come through there, and one of them specifically, uh, Eric, uh, who's a, who's an amazing young man uh, that you love is is doing up uh, is finishing up school right now. Uh, one of Alex and one of the guys is in the bakery now doing bakery school. Uh, but our dear friend Kevin, uh, who is probably the greatest story ever, this young man, um, you know, rather me to tell about it. You tell a little bit about it from his job and all that good stuff. But then he's got some exciting news that just came out the other day. Yeah, he's just a super kid. I mean, he was uh, a kid at the orphanage, one of the first kids at the orphanage. Um, and I actually didn't know him then because he was already gone when I, when I went there 10 years ago, but I've met him because he comes back and he serves. That's what I love most about him. But he um, was a kid at the orphanage and he ended up getting adopted out, which is very rare, by the way. There's no adoptions in Guatemala at all now for the last 10 years that I've been going, but he got adopted out and uh, got adopted by a super family. And of course, 
the, the adopted family actually supports and is the one that built Hope Academy and they support the orphanage. So long story short, he was able to go through school, able to go through college, able to go through flight school. He is now a commercial airline pilot, which is so freaking cool. Um, and he flies private too, but he bought his house. Bought his, he just bought a house literally last week with his why are they married? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got married. Yes, his wife. And just yesterday, I think it was, or two days ago, he actually was just in Guatemala because him too, he, he also likes to go visit every couple months, but he just put a picture out that they're having a baby in February. So this is a, this story. And the reason for him to go back is to serve, I'm sure, but it's an, an example for these kids to see it's possible. Now I know we got adopted, but guess what? You don't have to get adopted to have an amazing life. Guatemala is a beautiful country. It's a beautiful people, beautiful culture. You can be successful there too. And so I just love it because uh, he is a shining example. And so are some of the other kids. And there are some kids, honestly, that aren't such a shining example. That's why we got to keep on continuing to bring those back to show them that anything is possible if you have the people that believe you and if you believe in yourself uh, and you put yourself in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I think, you know, Kim, just thinking about it, how cool would it be to, to have him uh, be interviewed by you on the Workplay Love uh, Facebook page. So for those that want to get any more information about Kim's uh, orphanage and, and what the group has put together, it's called workplaylove.org. So workplaylove.org or go to Facebook, type in Workplay Love. You'll see tons of great stuff there. You know, and there's different things you can do. You know, you can you can donate on a monthly basis. You can find companies that need tax benefit write-offs and they can donate. Or most importantly, you can find people that have resources um, that can help the orphanage. I know those are all important things that can help and continue uh, this legacy. And of course, you can mm -hmm. always come. Kim puts together um, at least three or four trips per year um, where groups can come in. You can bring your family. You can do something private. You can come with groups, all kinds of fun stuff. So thank you, Kim, for sharing that. And just wrapping up here in the last few minutes, again, you know, there's there's a tons of tons of stuff out there um, that that can help people like YouTube channels and and uh, audios and personal development. You've mentioned many times has been a, a big thing for you. And um, and and really all of us at one point, though, we all have a, a mentor. Right. There's usually some person that comes along and really is like the person that put us on the pathway. I know for you, it's the legendary Jeff Olson, uh, author of The Slight Edge, and, and really for me too, right? I mean, it was funny because he was your mentor and, and guided you, and then years later, I came along and he was my mentor. And, and we always give credit where credit is due because without him, uh, Kim and I wouldn't be together today, you know, so we're grateful. And uh, the company that Kim is currently with wouldn't probably be here today or vice versa. And so there's so many things to always look back at your career and be grateful for those people that set the, the tone, they set the ripple effect to be where you are today. So super grateful for him. But talk a little bit about the philosophy that he taught you, because the slight edge is uh, I know um, there's 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 many great audios uh, audios out there. There's there's tapes out there. But there's something about the slight edge. And for me, it was just how simple it was because I was a C student in high school. and We both laughed together because we both were. But uh, you're definitely smarter than I am. I can see some of your spelling is, is much better. <laughs> but talk a little bit about the slight edge and then we'll wrap up with some fun questions. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say that because... I mean, honestly, my one of my favorite books of all time is The Slight Edge. Now, there might be other renditions of it, but I'm going to go with the original, my man, right? And, uh, you know, The Slight Edge goes like this. It's the simple little things that you do day in and day out that seem to make no difference, but the compounded effect over time will either lead to your success or your failure, right? So the little things that you do. So let's just talk about health. Really simple. 
Mike doesn't work out. Kim works out. I work out five days a week. He works out one day a week or one day a month. I mean, okay. In a week, will you notice any difference? No, maybe my attitude, maybe my endorphins two weeks. No, three weeks, maybe four weeks. Yeah. Okay. You might start to see a little bit more muscle tone on me or whatever, but the reality is, is the day in and the day out, the hour that I work out, the walks that I do, you know, all those types of things will lead to my success. And sorry to put you in this, but will lead you to your failure. When I say failure, it could be some medical conditions. It could be health issues or whatever, right? So you look at eating, you look at whatever, and then look at what you have as your own job description or career description. Like how many exposures do you make a day? How many people do you talk to? Do you use third party? Like basically the slight edge, put it this way. You're on the slight edge right now. You're either in the right way or the wrong way. And you can dissect that in your different areas of your life, in your life social, uh, social life, spirituality, health, wealth, um, family, uh, religion, you know, whatever it might be, you can look at it all. Am I in the slight edge, the right way or the wrong way? And what, what do I need to do? Get on the right way. Well, it's simple for personal development and to become a better person to start reading 10 pages of a good book every day. That doesn't take a lot of time. If you're really bad at reading, like Mike and I were when we first got started in this industry. Uh, I still am. I love (laughs) Audible. It was five pages a day. Or if you are like, if you're more of an Audible, people learn differently. So somebody says you have to read, but it's really hard for you to read. I'm going to say still continue to be challenged to read, but listen to an Audible, listen to a book, whatever it is, but just know that you're on the slight edge and you just need to get on the slight edge the better way. That doesn't mean you drastically change your not your, your life overnight. You change it over time. You don't read one book and you're and everything's done and gone. You know, life is so much better. You read dozens of books and you read them over a period of time and it starts to frame your philosophy. It starts to, it starts to change who, who you are, it starts to challenge, you know, what you're, what you're think what you're thinking and what your philosophies maybe were, and maybe you didn't even have a philosophy before or any kind of philosophy. So for me, it is, it is everything and anything. I learned this. I think it was literally within my first month or two in the, in the industry. So to say the, to say that this is a book and a philosophy and everything, I always refer back to it. And as a matter of fact, I'm doing a training on Saturday. I am going to make sure that I add the slight edge in here because sometimes we forget more than we know. You know what I'm saying? Like in other words, I used to teach this all the time and I talk about it because it's so driven in my life that it really helped me shape who I am today and continues to shape me to be a better person. So uh, thank you for this interview. Thanks for letting me share. I know you've got a couple other fun things. Oh yeah. You're not done yet. Hang tight, hang tight there. Uh, but no, great, great points. And, and, and the slight edge philosophy truly is it's, it's just so simple to understand it. Right. You know, cause, cause when you can see it, cause many of you are just listening, right. But when you can see it, it's just a line, right. The line starts that we're even and we're even and we're even. And then all of a sudden one line goes up to the right way. And then one line goes to failure down the other way, which in that example was me, which I'm really sad about, but uh, she definitely eats better than me and she is healthier than me. So she'll probably live longer than me, but that's okay. Um, so anyways, just in wrapping up to have some fun here, Kim, uh, I call this kind of like the countdown, you know, we're just going to fire off some stuff and, and you're going to answer and don't get caught up in trying to think about it. Just throw the answer out. You know, I had my good friend, Larry Smith on here, my first guy. And, <laughs> and, and, and he just did, I asked him a question, he, you know, we were firing away, but he wasn't ready and prepared. So Larry, example of here, here's Kim firing away. Okay. <laughs> just teasing, right? 
these are dear friend out of Phoenix, Arizona, who, uh, by the way, uh, I'll, I'll promote his book because it's such a great book. It helped Kim and I financially, our dear friend, Larry Smith, and that's Dare to Get Rich. And so if you get a chance, uh, download it, you can buy it, uh, Dare to Get Rich. It's a great book talking about setting yourself up financially uh, from our dear friend, Larry Smith and his beautiful wife, Donnie. But let's go ahead and fire off, Kim. So we got a live concert to go to and you've got to choose. We're going with either Madonna or ACDC. Oh, VIP backstage passes. Go with it. Madonna. Madonna. Do you rather go to the beach for a week or a snow trip to Colorado? Beach. Whoa. Sushi or Italian? Italian. Whoa. Jeep, car, or a truck? Jeep. Nice. For Mexico. Top on or off? Off. Yeah. Your ultimate dream trip. It's 10 days, no budget. You can bring some friends and family. 10 days, where are you going? Anywhere in the world. Bora Bora. Wow, Bora Bora, I like it. Um, ramble off a few books uh, uh, that people that you recommend to people and the listeners out there that they could get started in their personal development growth. Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol, Untethered Soul, Building an Empire by Brian Carruthers, Slight Edge, and Anything by Jim Rohn. Ah, Jim Rohn is the man, the legend. We love Jim. Uh, your favorite color? Red. Wow, favorite holiday? My birthday. No, no. Christmas, uh -huh. I guess. I don't know. Well, that is pretty much Christmas, right? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're a Christmas baby the day after. Cat, dog, or both? Both. Okay. I'll let you get off on that one. Yoga or Pilates? Both. No, you got to pick one. Come on, Larry. Yoga. Oh, wow. And she goes to Pilates actually more than yoga, but <laughs> um, but she does love yoga. That's for sure. Uh, favorite, um, favorite spot in Mexico so far that you've been? Punta Mita. Nice. Tennis or football? Tennis. Ah, but you love the Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah. Because Kim does a <laughs> Super Bowl massive pool. fundraiser uh, for the kids in Guatemala uh, with her Super Bowl pool. And so uh, for those that don't know Kim yet and you get to know her, just know she'll be hitting you up around <laughs> uh, January, February. Um, so, uh, someone that has passed away, dead, famous, non-famous, doesn't matter, they're dead. And you can bring them back to life for a nice happy hour that goes into dinner. So you get a good five hours to spend with them. Wow. Uh, man, um, I, 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 that's hard. I, I honestly is probably going to be um, a mentor of mine that, from our company that passed away a few years ago, Mr. Dave Sabula. Ah, very cool. Dave Savola, many people know, is a legend in the industry. And uh, that would be pretty awesome to, yeah. to be able to have that time and see you have that time with him. Uh, really cool. Well, Kim, uh, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you for, for your time. No matter how many millions you make and no matter how much money you have, time is something you cannot buy nor get back. And so thank you for spending the time with me. And, and really, um, you know, it's, it's the life of a networker. And many of you are starting to listen to this and you're saying to yourselves, I really want that life. I, I've been listening to your, to your podcast, Mike, and, and the more and more I hear people share their life and their story and, and knowing that I'm just as good as them and that I can do it uh, is the true, the reason why we, we launched this for, for the life of a networker to, to instill belief in you that you can have everything that you want, as Kim said. And so, Kim, any last closing comments, a little bit of last wisdom, the floor is yours to close us out. All right. Well, I'll just say that, you know, if you need to borrow the belief, in yourself from somebody else, like I did with my mentor, uh, my mentors, um, then do that. And just know that you're in the right industry. And I'm sure you're probably in the right company. I sure hope so. Uh, and you just really need to know that this vehicle can do everything and anything that you want it to. And it can give you all the things 
but you seriously have to go to work. You can't just sit there and think about it. You can't just contemplate. You can't clean your office. You can't do those things. You've got to go out there and get it. And if it's not you, then who? And if it's not now, then when? Right? Really, I mean, this is your time to shine. And there's no other reason why you can't. There's been so many people in this industry that have crushed it, that have backgrounds that are worse than mine. When I say worse, they just had more challenging times than me. Uh, There's people that um, have been more successful than me um, that haven't been successful in this industry, you know, but I can just tell you that do your own thing, be you know that this is your journey. Don't judge yourself on anybody else, any other company, any other person, just be inspired by their stories and go out there and crush it because you can do it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. The life of a networker, Miss Kim Melia. Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by RapidFunnel. It's not just another app, it's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell2app.com and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.